and welcome to TLF Gems, the podcast about customer experience and insight from TLF Research. I'm Stephen Hampshire. And I'm Greg Roche. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about our new online course on customer journey mapping. Yeah, so you, you've pulled together a course, Stephen, on customer journey mapping. Why do you think it's it's been so popular? And I, I guess linking it into that, what, what, why do you think customer journey mapping is, is so popular right now? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, customer journey mapping is a kind of hot topic. And to be honest, has been a hot topic for quite a few years. I mean, we've been running... Uh, a face-to-face or in-person training course on customer journey mapping for for quite a few years now, which is has always been popular because quite often when we, we run a training course or a half-day briefing, you sort of get an initial surge, and then kind of everyone in the country who's interested in you know structural equation modeling or whatever will go on it, and then there's no <laughs> both <left>. those people. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, customer journey mapping has stayed popular, and I think that the reason for that is is it's. Um, it isn't sort of emperor's new clothes. It isn't a niche interest. It is genuinely powerful for anyone with customers, and that's that's why it's it, you know it stayed popular because it deserves to stay popular. Uh, I think the other aspect of it is people come at it from different directions. So it, it kind of sits in between perhaps research and insight, service design, process improvement, even the sort of, sort of worlds of digital and technology and you know web people. All of them are thinking about customer journey mapping, and they, they might mean slightly different things, but but they're all thinking about something similar enough that it can come under that umbrella term. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we both had lots of conversations where people have started talking about customer journey mapping and see it as what they want it to see from a very different um, ang- angle. So ha- ha- how have you sort of approached that in the course to make sure it's delivering what sort of people, what people want. We try to be fairly clear up front that we're approaching it from, from our perspective. So this is our view of customer journey mapping. Yeah. And, and just give us a quick recap on what our view would be. So our view, and I think the, the thing that, that sort of distinguishes our view, our take on customer journey mapping, if you like, is that it is from the customer's point of view. And we believe that in order to do that, it has to be very grounded in research. So. I wouldn't dismiss any anyone's efforts to map the customer journey, but but what I would say is that if you're relying purely on metrics, so for example, a lot of people will do this with digital journeys, or they just look at you know the, the flow through a website effectively. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's, you know, it's a good exercise, but it's not what I mean by customer journey mapping. And if you're just relying on on the internal perspective, so if you get a load of em- employees in a room with post-it notes mapping out the customer journey, again, it's a useful exercise. But what you haven't done is really capture what that journey looks like from the customer's point of view. So to me, customer journey mapping has to involve going to talk to customers so that you understand them, you understand the context of their lives in which your product or your service is is being used. Um, And that's where the customer experience is. And that's what the journey map should capture. Yeah, I I, I think quite often people see it as quite a... It is a simple thing, but 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 they see it too simplistically and one-dimensionally, as 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 you're describing there. And perhaps it's just a couple of questions on a survey or a bit of internal thing. And it, it's certainly, you know, a buzzword where sometimes people actually mean doing a survey um, by it. So it, it sounds, and from what I've seen of the course, it goes into a fair amount of detail and teaches people the skills to do it properly and robustly and I think robustly is a really important thing because like all, all good research there's probably a lot of digging around to find those gold those gold nuggets in terms of experiences you've had with with clients and organizations where customer journey 
journey mapping has been a real success any of those you could share yeah um i, I won't name names just because uh, i can't some of them i probably could but i can't remember off the top of my head which ones i can and can't um i think there's a couple of, of things where you sort of quite often see the same sort of similar moments of insight kind of uh, pop up one of those is, is where you're, you're feeding back the results of qualitative research and there's there's almost always a kind of a moment of realization where people suddenly get the fact that they're not seeing things from the customer's point of view when they're thinking about it internally and usually or often where that yeah. pops up is one of two places so it's either where does the journey start because i think organizations have a tendency to think you know with the first phone call or when the person came to our website and my challenge would always be well for the customer the journey must have started before that otherwise how did they get to your website or how did they know your phone number um so there's, there's a whole chunk of what i tend to call before you know so before during and after are the three big chunks of, of a journey in my head um and that whole before section has probably not really been thought about by anyone in the business or perhaps marketing but probably no one else um, and there can be lots of opportunity there the other thing that often pops up is gaps in the journey where we don't know there's a gap in the journey so customers are left wondering did, did they get that email um how long should i expect to wait before i hear back from them yes yeah so those kind of failures are you know where just a lack of communication means that the customer doesn't know what's going on but because when we when we do our mapping internally there's just a neat series of little boxes with arrows between them it doesn't look like there's a gap in the journey but from the customer's perspective there is and um, so that's another thing that again people get that sudden realization of, oh yeah we're leaving customers in the dark for a week and we could fix that really easily absolutely yeah the other really um the other point where you often get those kind of moments of insight is as you know as i've said on this podcast many times i'm a big fan of the service blueprint approach and the reason that i like it so much is because it takes that customer view and brings it into the business because you're layering you know the knowledge of processes and who does what within the business on top of the customer view and when you bring those two things together you often get really well the process of doing it surfaces insights in the workshops actually with your colleagues because you'll find people don't know what each, the way each other work properly um there's one example there was um a, a big sort of b2b organization we did we did a whole load of journey mapping for and one department talks about how they wasted loads of time reformatting data to the right dimensions for another department it's how this takes us ages sorting all this data out to send it over here and the other department who were in the room when but when you send it to us we spend ages reformatting it <laughs> to our needs and the both of these departments were spending ages reformatting this data for literally no reason so one department was making work for the other department and actually it turned out that the, the format the second department needed the data in was was pretty similar to <laughs> what it was originally in and i will never forget the looks on their face it literally color draining out of their faces as they realized how many years of their lives they've wasted on make work that no one wants to happen um, yeah. so yeah, just the value of getting people in a room is, is immeasurable i think and then understanding how that then contributes to the customer experience is is also really valuable i think that second point there the moment where i think people who are internal i think it, it there's that 
moment where you can see they see how they affect the customer in, in, in a positive way because that you know they want to do a good job and all that sort of stuff and i think when they see how it actually works its way through because often these are the unsung hero departments that have to do a lot of the big moving and shifting and all that sort of stuff and and seeing the importance that they play perhaps in providing the foundation to make some of the other things happen i just think is is really really enlightful just to go off at a small um, tangent in terms of when does your customer journey begin i remember reading once and this was in the 1990s it was richard branson and virgin air who for some of their expensive flights not that i went on one they realized that the person's holiday actually started when they left the house so they took all the hassle away of getting to the airport because what they did they arranged a taxi for you to come and collect you well it was actually a virgin driver who would come and pick you up take you to the airport drop you off so no parking no hassle no getting to the airport and the person would say just go through those doors there and if you're checking so and so will look after you and you think of the cost of doing that is very marginal in terms of you know an expensive big holiday but he'd or they'd really seen actually the customer journey begins when you leave the house not when you enter the airport or certainly not when you land at the resort <laughs> he'd really gone further down the chain which i always thought was pretty enlightened pretty enlightening thinking at a 20 odd years ago i'm a big believer that if we think in those broad terms of before during and after organizations spend 99 and a half percent of their effort on the during and it probably should be most of the effort but i'm not sure it should be quite so much i think we we should look a bit at the before and a bit at the after and i think the after is a really big opportunity to leave a, a lasting memory with a customer and the before is an opportunity a to sort of set the relationship up in the right way and and to sort of anticipate some things that often go wrong in the during and make sure expectations are set and all that sort of stuff and it's also an opportunity to reimagine what you do so you know disruptive innovation or i think often happens in that before stage where you say to people do you know what you've got this problem you think the solution is x what what about if you tried y you know maybe you don't actually need whatever this is with yeah. someone else is saying maybe you need what we're saying and and i think that's that's a real opportunity to as, as you're describing a virgin so to reimagine how this experience can work yeah now you've said it i wonder how many people you know before during and after that after bit is really underutilized isn't it it's really really underutilized anyway just give us a quick flavor of some of the practicalities of the course if someone's interested how how does it work is it a three-year course <laughs> that they have to work on every day or <laughs> uh, not quite no no it, it's a it's a six-week course so what what happens is that each week we release a new chapter uh, and the chapter consists of a, a series of videos of me talking, basically. There's some quizzes to kind of check that the, you understand things in the way that I think is right. And each week we also set people a task, if you like. And that task isn't marked or assessed in any sort of formal way. It's really just to, to help you understand how how would this work for you so it, it lets you sort of put it in put those ideas that we've talked about into practice with you know something fairly concrete and, and specific for your organization and there's no requirement to actually do it in those six weeks it, you know if you've got a busy week you can put it off and come back to it later but we, we try to encourage that just so that we have a kind of cohort of people who can discuss things with each other as they go through and what sort of support do, do they get from your good self there's uh, an online community at the moment 
frankly that isn't great actually so what what we've kind of halfway through the first real live course that um that we've been running what we've done is switch to a live zoom chat every week um because it's just nice to to sort of get a chance to see people face to face and you know put people into breakouts and they can it, it, it's just easier to interact like that than than online and what sort of feedback have we had for the for the first cohort good uh mostly thank you thankfully yeah uh yeah so your people like i think a few things that i found interesting and then the first is that um a bit like you were alluding to at the beginning really it's made some people definitely think a bit differently about what a customer journey map is and how to go about yeah, it that's good um, that's good in itself. So really the, the the need for research to go and talk to customers i think has has resonated with people but perhaps come as a bit of a surprise as well also the potential scale of what it involves as i think has been a bit of a shock to people so the fact that it could be you know lots of qualitative research you know coming up with personas and job stories and journey qualitative journey maps and then doing quantitative research and then we've got the service design bits and service blueprints and workshops with colleagues and then i've got stuff in there about you know systems thinking and without hopefully overwhelming people i think it does make people realize that this this can be a massive massive job it's probably not the case that every single person does all of the things that we cover right more that there are kind of which are the right tools for you in this business you know let's sort of pick and mix the right thing to bolt together for that organization sounds really really good how do i get on it where can i where can i book on well, if you want to find out more uh, or book on, you can find it at tlfresearch.com on our website under training and webinars. Uh, and we also have a dedicated kind of learning website at tlflearning.com where, where you can also find it and, and some of our other stuff. So thank you all very much for listening. Uh, if you're using iTunes, please subscribe, rate and review us. And if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter at tlfresearch or at tlfresearch.com.